Are you ready to transform the chaos of the back-to-school season into a well-structured routine that sets you and your family up for success? In this episode, we'll investigate the art of crafting a successful back-to-school strategy. Join us as we unpack 15 expert back tips that encompass wellness, fulfillment, mindset, and functionality. Whether you're a parent looking to create more of a harmonious family routine or an individual aiming to excel academically and personally, these insights will guide you towards a smoother and more rewarding transition into the school year. Stay tuned. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to another episode, number 38, From Chaos to Routine, Crafting a Successful Back-to-School Strategy. So as summer is wrapping up, the back-to-school season is about new beginnings and fresh opportunities. Yet for many people, it also comes with, honestly, this whirlwind of challenges and uncertainties and this sense of chaos that can leave parents and individuals feeling anxious and overwhelmed. But don't worry, in the chaos lies this chance to craft these effective strategies that can pave the way for success for an academic school year for both you and your loved ones. In this episode today, we're going to explore the journey of transformation, a journey from chaos to routine. We're going to unveil a playbook, in a sense, of 15 invaluable tips that cover wellness, mindset, fulfillment, and some practical planning. So whether you're seeking a more balanced family life or even aiming to unlock your individual potential, I want you to get ready to unravel the secrets to navigating the back-to-school season with confidence and some much-needed grace for yourself and maybe even for your family members. I need this for myself this week as school starts in just a few days, so hopefully this will be helpful to you as well. If you're anything like me and my family right now, it gets quite hectic before the school year starts and we're all losing patience and seem to need more time away from each other after months in close quarters. And not just that, it's a little financially challenging with school supplies and school clothes and the sports and extracurricular fees being due. Uh, We often pay all of ours in a lump sum for the whole year. And we currently have five people in activities and some of them several. 
So when you're trying to set up everything and get everything registered, get the school schedules aligned, get it all written out, make sure you've dotted all your I's and crossed your T's, is that the expression? <laughs> it just feels like a lot. And that's only part of it, right? I don't know about you, but our house is often a little more out of order. And I'm tired of people moving my things and using them and borrowing them and finding my stuff all over the house when I'm confident I never touched it. And then there's also siblings fighting. Oh, so much fighting and teasing after just being around each other constantly. I don't know about you, but for me and my family, we are ready for a little more structure and space again. Can you relate to this? Even if you're in a different stage of life, you may feel like this as the summer winds up and you find yourself needing more focused goals. I was in the car a few days ago with my kids and they were immediately badgering each other about first which seat they got in the van, which is a reoccurring argument, and then someone touching them. And then after that, it was someone copying them. So I turned on the radio and I breathed deeply and I was proud of myself for not reacting to all these things. And I calmly reminded them to be kind. Well, next it was two of them yelling at the third one to stop singing and fighting about how the singer was just doing it to annoy everyone. And then she started screaming and yelling and denying it. And eventually they were all yelling and tattling on each other and it just went on and on. I can't even tell you how many directions it went just from annoyance to annoyance to annoyance and just wouldn't stop. It was one of those classic moments that I just could not believe how ridiculous their arguments were and never ending to the point that I wanted to start sobbing or laughing uncontrollably, both which would have been a little concerning to my children. It finally ended with me yelling, enough, everyone sit on your hands and no more talking to each other. I mean it, total silence. I was really frustrated. Now, I don't usually yell a lot. I would say I yell more during the summer, <laughs> but I don't like losing my patience and yelling at my kids. I really try to talk calmly and respectfully whenever possible. So I did end up apologizing, but instead of shaming myself, I recognize that we all hit a wall, and when we do, it may be time for some more structure or even more space, even just this re-evaluating. So that's what this episode is about today. If you can relate to any of this, today I want to share a few quick tips for creating a successful back-to-school strategy. I'm here to help save your sanity as long as you're willing to implement some of these tips. I definitely am doing the same thing myself. Let's talk first about establishing a strong foundation. Number one, set clear goals. So as a family and an individual, outline your academic or personal or wellness goals for this upcoming school year. Have a sense of purpose that will help guide your actions and maintain that focus. This is big for me all the time at the end of December and that beginning of January time, and especially right about now, right as the kids are starting school and we're getting back into things. That first week back I often do, and then even right up until probably Labor Day, I might be like fine-tuning it, and then I really 
hit it hard right after Labor Day when there's no more breaks or anything for a while. I want to read you one quote by Tony Robbins. So if you don't know who that is, he's a life coach and motivational speaker. And all these things that I share today, I will have in the show notes if you want to see those later. But he says, setting goals is the first step to turning the invisible into the visible. So when you're setting those goals, you're able to turn an idea into reality in a sense. Number two. Create a routine. Establish a daily schedule that includes consistent wake-up times and bedtimes, meal times, study periods, and leisure activities. A structured routine fosters a sense of stability and reduces stress. Are you noticing this in your own home, like that lack of stability and that increased stress? If that is happening, that's a good indication the kids need a routine or you need a routine. I've noticed that my kids really thrive off routine. And sometimes when people talk about routines, it gets a bad rap a little bit. But it is actually really good for their development. And even those that kind of fight against it, it's really interesting to me. Some of my kids fight against it a lot, but they actually are the ones that really need it the most. So just keep that in mind. Number three, prioritize wellness. Emphasize the importance of physical and mental well-being in your family. Do you guys talk about that? Is that a discussion that you have? Not just academic, but kind of that whole health? Do you talk to them about exercising or their diet or that mindfulness and sleep hygiene? So that they can have really increased health, especially going into that new year. Is that a discussion that you guys have ever at dinner or when you're winding down at night and talking together? That actually goes well into number four. Foster open communication. Create an environment where family members can openly discuss their thoughts, concerns, and triumphs. Regular family meetings can serve as platforms for sharing and addressing any challenges. I think this is one thing we do pretty well, actually. Like, I really try to, once a week, uh, review what what's going on for the week, what people are hoping and expecting, and we write all of that down. But then we also try to talk about what else is on their mind, if they have any other concerns or struggles. I know yesterday I had a heart-to-heart with one of my kids, and I was just really open and vulnerable with them, and I said... Is there anything that I can do to be a better mom to you? Is there any struggles or frustrations that you have? Because I really want to improve. And I know that I don't always get it right. I actually did the same thing. I took my daughter on a walk um, early Saturday morning, I think. She went with me about 7 o'clock and we just talked for a while. And I just checked in with her briefly about the same thing. Like, how are you doing? How are you feeling about things? Is there anything I can do to improve? And to help you become your best self? Is there anything this summer that you were hoping for that you didn't get? You know, just those quick check-ins. So keep that in mind as you are communicating with your family or as you're hoping to communicate with them. Number five is a simple one. It's just designate workspaces. Set up designated spaces for work or study so both the kids and the adults can have something that's just their little space to study. 
These are organized, they're free from distractions, and they really help them focus. Now, this isn't always possible. Like, we have to get very creative, I think I told you, because we gave that extra room to our exchange student. I use my closet. My husband uses the laundry room, which is just what we're doing right now, and that's okay. At some point, we'll have an extra office or something even bigger, but for now, it works. So do you have a space for your kids? Do you have an area where it is inviting and a place that they can really focus? Even if it's just going outside on the patio and maybe having a snack for them and a chance to just sit down and focus with them together as you communicate for a little bit and then give them that space to do something else that they need to focus on, whether that's homework, whether that's their own little mindfulness, or even just creative play. These next ones I'm going to go over are more about nurturing mindset and fulfillment. So number six is cultivate a growth mindset. Encourage the belief in your family that abilities and intelligence can be developed through efforts and learning. So embrace challenges as opportunities for growth rather than setbacks. And I've talked about this on and off, but in this sense, I really want it to be more of a family affair or for your loved ones, whoever that might be. Just really keeping that growth mindset at the forefront of your mind. Have you ever heard of Deepak Chopra? He's the holistic health guru and author. This is what he said. The highest level of performance comes to people who are centered, intuitive, creative, and reflective. People who know how to see a problem as an opportunity. I enjoy these types of quotes because it reminds me what I can teach my kids. When we are amping up for the school year, do we remind our kids or even our loved ones to see problems as opportunities? Do we remind them that there's going to be a lot of things coming this year, but we can choose to live a life where we see struggles as opportunities for growth? Like, what is your narrative? What is your dialogue around that in your house? So just something to think about as you move into this new school year. Number seven, practice gratitude. This is something else I've talked about before, but start or end each day with a moment of gratitude. This helps... This practice helps shift focus towards positive aspect of your life and really fosters a more optimistic outlook. One thing I really like about this is, uh, I don't remember who it was, but a friend of mine at dinner, they would go around the table and talk about the best part of their day. I think they actually did like a roses and thorns thing. They, they talked about like one struggle that they wanted to share and get support from. And then they talked about the roses so the thorn is the struggle and then the roses, like the great things in their life. So they end on that positive note. And I thought that was pretty great. And we do that on and off when I remember. But last night, uh, we just went around and I have these little dinner cards that I found at a thrift store, I think, that we just read what it says on the card and then we do what it says. Sometimes it's a little game. Sometimes it's get to know you things. Well, last night it said... One interesting thing about my childhood is, and so everyone shares something, and at the end you all vote on what was the most interesting. So we all got to share something interesting about everyone's life, and the kids laughed a lot, and I thought it was pretty fun to remember those cute little things. And that 
fills us with more gratitude and bonds us. So maybe try that in your family. Robin Sharma, she's an author and leadership expert. She said, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your thoughts. So when you are practicing gratitude, your quality of life really increases as you think about the good in your life. And the same goes on the other side. And I know in the summer, when we're around each other a lot, at least in my family, sometimes we can just kind of get stuck in that critical mindset and frustration when there's a lot more fighting, maybe just being in that closer proximity. Number eight, pursue passions. Dedicate time to hobbies and activities that bring joy and fulfillment. Engage in activities outside of your academic pursuits or even your work's pursuits for more of a well-rounded and content life. So that's not just for your kids. Like my kids really love ballroom right now. My daughter just said she wants to do horseback riding maybe next year. Uh, my son wants to explore karate this, this time around. My other daughter is starting point ballet and my exchange student wants to do cheerleading. They just want to explore new things and try them out and I am all about that. Now for me personally, I'm playing a lot more pickleball and I am really enjoying it and you want to get better and better. So really just pursuing those things is going to bring us more joy. My husband is doing that as well with a softball team and my son is doing cross country. What I mean here is that not everyone has to do structured sports or this or that. It can be robotics. It can be a book club. It can be anything that you want it to be as long as you're really pursuing a hobby. And it does help to have something structured. So it's not just this casual thing you might spend 30 minutes on it a month. But weekly you're focusing on that. Like I just thought about getting back into guitar again now that the kids are going back to school and that I might have more time to carve out of my day to do that when I wouldn't normally during the summer. Simon Sinek said, working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. So when we work hard for something we're passionate about, that really brings us more fulfillment and happiness and joy. Number nine, set realistic expectations. Avoid undue pressure by setting achievable goals. So not over-the-top goals here. Recognize that perfection is not the goal, and mistakes are valuable opportunities for learning. I feel like in the past, I have not made that super clear with some of my kids, especially my oldest. It seems like I make more mistakes with her than others. But reminding them, especially academically, that they do not need to be perfect and that mistakes are okay and they can just help teach us things. It's more about working hard. It's not about that A. Number 10, foster lifelong learning. So this is where we can really model and encourage a love for learning, just like I mentioned with passions, in both academic and non-academic pursuits. So this really goes along with the other one that I just talked about. But this is more things like workshops or researching new things and sharing these experiences together as a family. Number 11, time management skills. Teach children and yourself effective time management techniques. 
such as breaking tasks into manageable chunks and prioritizing important activities. We've had to talk to my daughter a lot about this this summer because she's been taking summer school classes and it's much more like a college course. Like you don't have a teacher breathing down your neck that you see every day or anything like that. And so suddenly she's really procrastinating. So I've recognized with her, I've really had to help her be more accountable and lay that out and show me and I check in with her until she can show that she is able to take that on herself more and more. There's a lot of ways that you can do this, but what time management skills do you teach your kids or even yourself so you can break things down into bite-sized chunks that are realistic and not so stressful or daunting? Gretchen Rubin, I talked about her before. She's an author and happiness researcher. She said, the biggest waste of time is to do well something that we do not need to do at all. Just explore this. I really liked reading this because it's like, maybe we're putting all of our effort into something we don't even need to do. So explore that too when you're thinking about time management skills. Is there something you can delete or edit that might be a waste of time because you're putting all of your effort into doing it well and it's not even something that fills you with joy or is really going to help you in the long run with things that you care more about. Number 12, digital balance. Establish boundaries for screen time and social media usage. Have technology free time so that you can nurture those real world connections and that necessary relaxation. This is a big one in our family that we always reevaluate every fall, especially as our exchange students come in and we're resetting those boundaries and be like, okay, what do we want to shift here? How do we improve this? What do we teach to our children? So this is where we set up a docking station again, and we have everything plugged in at night at a certain time. We're currently trying to figure it out. We have friends that do this, but we don't know how to do it, where we can set up the router to turn off the internet at certain times. Like we want it off by like nine or 10 every night, even for those older teens doing homework. And then on again, probably for me at like four in the morning. So that's something that you can do that we're still navigating right now. Or there's apps you can use on your phone where you can pause different devices at different times. So Look into those things, like what can you do to have greater digital balance in your home? Number 13, mindful stress management. Introduce relaxation techniques like deep breathing, meditation, or yoga to all of your family to manage stress. That might even just be going out on the patio after dinner, sitting and putting on like a simple guided meditation for a few minutes. They have plenty of kids ones that are available too. Or it could just be calming music and just sitting there and watching the birds or whatever it might be together. Maybe it's going on a walk afterwards and just laughing and moving and enjoying that stress-free time together. These things really enhance emotional well-being and resilience. Eckhart Tolle, he's a spiritual teacher and author. I really love a lot of his books. He said, Realize deeply that the present moment is all you have. I am not going out there! You guys, I was just going to edit that out, but 
It is a perfect example of my life right now. In just this 20 minutes since I've been recording this podcast episode, kids have been running in here fighting over and over. And here is another one. Just one second. Okay, I'm hoping that I can finish the rest of this episode without any more tattling or anything else. Because, like I said, I am at my max. I even do this really early so that I can have more peace. But they are up early today, apparently. Anyway, now let me read that Eckhart Tolle quote again, which is so much more entertaining after that little outburst from my son. He says, Realize deeply that the present moment is all you have. Make the now the primary focus of your life. So apparently I just need to embrace that and make this the focus of my life, whether it's chaotic and screaming and tattling, whatever it might be. (laughs) Number 14. Celebrate achievements. Acknowledge and celebrate milestones no matter how small. I didn't lose my mind with my kids. I'm going to celebrate that achievement. This practice boosts self-esteem and motivates continued effort. So that doesn't just have to be that you succeeded in not being abusive to your children, but it could be other things as well. Like, I've been doing well with my big three. I've maintained that through the summer. Or I've really created positive experiences with loved ones lately. Or I've been journaling Whatever it might be, celebrate those achievements. Talk about those. Make that the focus of your life. The last one, practice empathy. Encourage understanding and empathy by discussing emotions and perspectives. This fosters healthy relationships and supports emotional intelligence development. That's why I really like to do this stuff after dinner or when you're going on walks, those little moments that you're shaving out, not this super formal thing, just these opportunities to show empathy. That conversation I had with my son yesterday was actually not typical. I followed the Holy Ghost and I acted on a prompting. He was really not wanting to go to church again. He did end up coming, but he wouldn't get out of the car. And I went back and talked to him very kindly a couple times And then the last time I just had this thought, go after the lost sheep, but not in this traditional sense. So instead of going to class after sacrament meeting, I just went in the car with him and asked him gently again if he was going to come inside. And he said no. I was like, all right, I'll just hang out with you. And I just sat there and we ended up having a very important, pivotal conversation where he opened up more than he's ever opened up before. And that only came after I was loving and empathetic and where I talked about my feelings and I was vulnerable and I was humble and contrite and I had that space for one hour to talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. And I'm so glad that I did that because if I didn't practice that empathy and if I didn't have that block of time with him one-on-one... I don't think that would have happened and we wouldn't have made major headway together without that. So think about that as you are exploring how to move into successful back to school strategies and create more routine in your life. Incorporating these back to school tips in your family's routine 
really can lay the foundation for a successful academic year and a fulfilling life as individuals. So remember that each family member's journey is very unique and these can be adapted, these suggestions, to your specific needs and circumstances. As you prioritize wellness and foster that growth mindset, as well as nurture a sense of fulfillment, you really can create a thriving environment that really supports you as an individual and your collective family growth. That is all I have for today's episode, my friends. I pray that you'll be able to implement some of these and create more healthy structure as you recover from some of that summer chaos as manifest in this episode with my son running in and screaming. I didn't have some of the other things. I should have probably kept those as well. But you probably would have laughed quite a bit, the the chaos that is going on in my own life right now. We are all so excited for Wednesday for back to school, and I hope you are too. In closing, our Igniting Life 12-week course has already launched and is now closed until further notice. So you missed your window, but stay tuned for the next round opening up in the future. I'm not sure when that is yet, but I will keep you posted. And last but not least, sign up for our Costa Rican Women's or Men's Wellness Retreat June 16th through the 22nd, 2024. You do need to sign up quickly, though, because there are only 11 spots total for each of those, and many of them have already filled up. My husband is also a certified therapist, and he will be running the men's retreat at a neighboring property. We're going to do a variety of excursions like snorkeling, spearfishing, diving, sailing, surfing, horseback riding, hot springs, mud baths, volcano and waterfall hikes, zip lining, and things like that. So it's not going to be constant, but there are going to be a variety of the best excursions. Also, that necessary resetting and restoring aspect included. So both retreats include lodging, food, excursions, entertainment, psychoeducation, wellness resources, professional training, and an unforgettable experience that will launch you towards becoming your best and most fulfilled self. So grab one of those few spots in this exotic getaway. You only have a very short time left to do this, but sign up with a friend in August and get $250 off for each of you for only the month of August. You do have to email me at fulfillment.therapist at gmail.com to get the discount in the month of August. And you can't find out about this later and then email me. You have to email me in August to get that. That is just an added perk for those that stay up to date on the podcast. And it's our early bird special as well because it is already an amazing deal. And we mark that up just a very small amount with everything that we're including in there. Best of luck this week in all that you do as you create more routine Shine boldly and brightly and enjoy this time of transition, my friends. I will see you back here in a few days. Take care. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. 
share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.